It's episode 65 of the Planet LP podcast with me, Ted Asfragadu. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen. For music lovers, listening sometimes is everything. The nuance of a guitar lick, the way a drummer does an unexpected fill, a bass player whose bass runs are full of surprises, a lead guitarist who makes us feel the solo in ways that are exhilarating, a singer whose command of his or her voice is so entrancing that we sometimes hang on the way in which they can convey an emotional punch that's felt deep within us. That is the power of music. In this episode, I'll be talking to someone who created an app that allows us to express what it is about a particular song, album, or playlist that's meaningful to us. His name is Noah Rao, and he's the CEO of a company that created the Groupie app, an app that Planet LP has set up a profile on. Before we get to that chit-chat, how about getting social? Facebook, you can follow Planet LP on our page. Just find us by typing in Planet LP in the search field. Instagram, our handle is the Planet LP, and it's the same on Twitter. And also, don't be shy about recommending this podcast to other music lovers. If you're a band, artist, author, or like Noah, an app creator looking to talk about your creations as long as they're music-centered, just email me at ted at planetlp.com. Maybe you'll be a guest on the pod. Alrighty, kids, let's get to my conversation with Noah Rao, the ultimate groupie of the Groupie app. Hello, Noah. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, you're very welcome. So I've been mentioning the Groupie app as something others should check out. I think it should be said up front that we don't have any financial or business partnership. I'm recommending this app because it was something that I was looking for as an alternative to Twitter. Now, Twitter's a lot of things, and they may not be around yeah. for a while, but you never know. Okay, but engagement in music-related posts is something that's to me, has been declining over the years, unless you're a musician. If you're somebody like me, it's been a challenge to get folks to engage in music-related posts on that platform. And I think the reason why is because Twitter is a mass appeal platform. I mean, if you go right on the interface, the prompt field says, what's happening? And that could be a trillion different things. With Groupie, it can also be a trillion different things. It's a trillion different things that center on one thing, and that's music, music selections. It's all about the music. And to me, that's the appeal. I'm a music obsessive like you. So uh, obviously you created this app as something that you thought was missing in that space that people didn't really have a space to discuss music or recommend music that they're passionate about. So is that why you started developing this app or did it come about a, a different way? Yeah, it's actually pretty similar uh, to what you were talking about. So pretty much um, in the summer of 2019, I love sharing music so much on my Instagram story um, a buddy of mine did it a lot and I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I realized that one of two things was happening is that there was no engagement, mm -hmm. right? Like if yeah. you're on Instagram story is that you basically see someone post a song and like, okay, I don't care. I'm going to tap away from it. Right. Um, and that's because Instagram's purpose is pretty much seeing the person themselves, like a photo or a video interact with that person, not music. And similar to Twitter is that Twitter is literally anything. It What's happening, Noah? It's like, yeah. oh, well, I woke up. You know, there's a tweet. Exactly. Rain. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had this for breakfast, you know, yeah. like uh, just a bunch of random nonsense. And I wanted there to be an outlet that prioritizes music. Like, of course, you know, you could go to Reddit and you could probably find 
any kind of genre specific, right? But you can go on there. It takes you outside of Reddit and then into Spotify. I don't want there to be a middleman. And like, I want to be able to add songs to playlists. I want to talk about music, whether it be albums, songs, or playlists. I want to be in a positive community, right? I don't want to just post something and everyone's like, okay, yeah, I don't care about that. Like, what do you right, mean? Right, right. You know? I actually started an Instagram account specifically for just sharing music called The Music Arc. Um, I did it off my name, Noah, as like a collection of my favorite music. And I would basically just post every day on our story. Um, and I'll also do a weekly theme playlist. And about three months into that is when I had the like the starting idea of this definitely could be like a proper outlet if I had one, the partner to work with because like my background, like I'm not, I was not a coder at mm -hmm. the time. I didn't mm -hmm. know anything about code. I told you earlier is that I'm more like photography and videography. So I knew how I could potentially help in the marketing side of things and like network, but I had no idea how to go about actually creating Groupie itself. But you had the idea of a Groupie app, but you just mm -hmm. said, I just need the person to build it for me. Right. Ex exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I got the vision. Now I need the builder. So. Right. And so you've just reached the one year mark on this app. Mm -hmm. So how's it going in terms of growth? So John Geddes, uh, he's my co-founder. He's mm -hmm. over in Seattle right now. I'm in Chicago, both from Louisville. And we actually went to high school together, which is how we knew each other. But we we developed Groupie. It took us a year and a half to actually put it out, which was last November in 2021. Uh, we just had our one-year anniversary. We put out a new update. And it's it's definitely been a process. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. with there being just a two-man crew, and this is technically like still a side hustle for us because you sure. know, he has his own job. I have my own job. We haven't been able to prioritize as much time as we'd like getting it out there, right? That's all my job. And I can be the first one to say is that I have not had enough time to actually dive in and like do a due, dil due diligence of a, a job, you know, if that makes sense. No, I understand. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I, th I found the app just by Googling around. I was just, you know, my key terms were essentially yeah. uh, music. I think I just said music app for music lovers. And, Fantastic. And Love then yours came, yours came up and I was like, <laughs> there was another one too. I can't remember the name of it, but I looked over and I thought, this looks, this looks a little weird. Yeah. Um, there's, I know there's like a couple that are trying to do a similar route of like sharing music, but mm -hmm. the difference that we are trying to show is that we're all about supporting local music. So any, any social media post we have has been featured, um, like an upcoming artist, whether it be like, again, I'm from Louisville, John's from mm -hmm, Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, we featured over 72 musicians in our relaunch main promo video we put out in August that followed by um, like a, a playlist where you could listen to all their songs and anything on our website, everything in there is a local artist. Um, but again, Groupie itself, you can share whatever you want. But I right, think right, that right. our main vision with it is to be an outlet to discover like local shows um, upcoming artists because let's be honest like we all know who taylor swift is <laughs> like taylor who oh ex really? exactly. <laughs> yeah it's like we don't we don't need to promote them like people know them i would love to know oh who's the next like upcoming rap artist out mm -hmm. of Louisville? like everyone knows jack harlow now which is hilarious because i met him back in high school uh, on the sidelines of a soccer field <laughs> um and it's been great to see local bands play we've been trying to connect with a lot of people to see what they would want you know, in the app. I think that's our, that's our vision for the second year is making local artists have a more exposure in the mm. app rather than just posting like on your main timelines and such. So I think that's, that's good. I, I, I look at this own podcast and, you know, when I started it, I looked at it like, who's like my dream interview. And I started, you know, writing down names of people who 
I've admired their music for decades. And I'm thinking I'll never get them because they're just so out of reach. I mean, they're going to be, I mean, let's face it. They, they want to be on the biggest megaphone that they possibly can. So they're going to ditch the planet LP podcast to go on maybe the New York times music podcast because they sure. have a bigger reach and that's just the way it is. And so I started to think, well, why do I want to talk to these people? What more can they say that I don't already know from reading about them or going on their website or following them on social? And I kind of ditched the idea and said, well, wait a minute, there's a whole generation of musicians coming up and very talented as well, but they don't get the kind of exposure that say, you know, obviously Taylor Swift is, is the outlier in terms of like, she, she eclipses all others. Right. You know, but I'm talking about maybe legacy bands from the seventies or sixties or even into the eighties who I would love to talk to, but because I'm, I'm I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm a little bit on the old side, but, uh, but I, I just look at it like that. That's my dream. But then for example, I had a band on called seeing double they're out of, out of New York state. They're they're still in college. And they just sent me their song saying, Hey, you know, I, I read a review you did of another artist on pop dose and I uh, saw that you had a podcast. Would you be willing to listen to our song? And we're, we're looking to get more people to find out about our band. I get these a lot. I get these sort of random pitches mm-hmm. from people. And honestly, sometimes the songs just aren't, aren't that good. The production quality is bad or the singing is bad or even the song itself. It's like, there's just nothing there. And I don't want to dunk on people's art because I love the fact that people can express themselves, but promoting them, I try to do it as honestly as possible. You know, I want to get behind somebody that I'm enthusiastic about. They said, yes, I'm hearing something special in your music. And in there's that, you've got it. You know, there's a, there's a sort of like mm-hmm. a category, like, yeah, you've got it. You're going to be, if you keep going, you probably have a good career. And I thought that that band uh, does. I think that they have a lot of promise. They, they The production on that song was really good. The songwriting was surprisingly sophisticated for the fact that they're 20, 21 years old. Um, their playing was really in the pocket. And I thought as a guy who worked in radio for a lot of years, if this thing came across my desk and I was a music director, I'd say, yeah, let's put this on because this is definitely, the term is radio friendly, but yes, it's <laughs> definitely radio friendly. So, but it's mm-hmm. a long winded way of saying that like you, you see a sort of a, a niche that you can fill. And if it's local music, then do it because local fans sometimes are far more enthusiastic mm-hmm. <laughs> about things oh, yeah. than, than say a fan of a legacy act. And I, I don't want to name names because somebody's going to come out the woodworks and say, are you <laughs> kidding me? Have you seen the fan base of so-and-so? And so I'll just say it, you know, sort of generically, but yes, as up and coming bands are, people are very enthusiastic about being with that band and connecting with them through through the arc of their career, especially in the early part. So yeah, good. I hope that uh, that it becomes a sort of this regional recommendation app. So I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. It used to be a huge music scene. It's not so much anymore because of the cost really? of real estate. Well, that's really what it is. It's that it's very expensive to live here. Uh, so okay. if you're a band and just trying to start out and you're thinking, well, I'll just get a, a job job. We'll gig on the weekends and, and sometimes in the evenings as you know, like a Friday night or a Thursday night. And then you're trying to look for a place to live and a place to practice. The price of real estate is just out of reach for people. They can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's so it's not not as big of a music town as it used to be. 
you said you're getting the word out locally. Like mm-hmm. your your idea is to do this sort of local way of uh, of, of marketing. I would call it your you know your, your testing phase. So what's on yeah. your, what's on your website? You have a group of artists. How well has that worked out in terms of sort of doing the local scene? When we launched last year, I knew right from the get go that it would take us at least a year to actually get to the point where I think like legitimate marketing mm-hmm. could be like warranted. The first thing we wanted to do is say, hey, so we're not just using you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like you, you've you gotten some people like who submitted songs um, or you promoted them on Planet LP podcast. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, we want to share your music, but we also want you to know that we're here for you. We're not just putting your stuff out there for you to share it on your Instagram story or Twitter just because you got a little more promotion. Seriously, I want to know, like, how can we help you grow because we actually see something in your art, as you were mm-hmm. saying. So for the first year, I really just wanted to connect with a lot of people in Louisville to get that point of view. This past month, we actually uh, got a news story uh, locally. So we're trying to start branching out more into actually doing some serious marketing. This past week, um, Spotify Wrapped uh, just happened, um, for those who are listening. That is our catalyst, right? So last year when we were about to put it out, um, I was like, John? If we don't get this out before Spotify wrapped, we've missed our mark because that's like the one time of the year where everyone is just talking about music nonstop. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to do this year is start a new series, um, which I called Spare Tunes. Um, And basically every day, like right now, we we did three a day because of uh, Spotify wrapped. I just was trying to push out that content. Right, right. Um, But every day, what we will do is basically just share an artist that has a good amount of monthly listeners or not any at all that I think really deserves uh, more recognition. So not only are we like doing marketing for a musician that we truly believe deserves way more listens, we're also hinting at Groupie and our purpose of like, you know, sharing music and supporting upcoming artists. Uh, What I'd like to do is continue along with that and then also try and just, you know, get the word out more. We have like a roadmap for where we want to go next and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, but again, like you said, it's just a matter of, you know, the right people hearing it to actually get uh, more people to download it. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how things goes. But what I will say is that if you mention the word app in anything, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that's something that I've learned. So I'm pretty much I'm having to like, like my whole thing is like, I like I got to make quality content. I got to make this thing look nice. My highest video on TikTok is a close-up thing of my face and then just text on screen. And it was a be real idea. And I subtly hinted at Groupie in the bottom of it. And we got huh. 50 users in 24 hours. Oh, wow. And I was like, what the heck? And they got, it had 130,000 plays on TikTok. Wow. I was, yeah, I was so aggravated. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I, I coined that as the piggyback marketing tactic. Yeah, like yeah. You talk about something that's like, viral at the moment, but then you subtly hint at your own thing. So then people who actually are interested in what you just subtly hinted at will actually check out my profile and go to it. See, I like um, it. I was thinking about getting onto TikTok, moving maybe away from Twitter and then just because that's where most people are migrating towards is TikTok. Mm-hmm. Instagram has like a TikTok like feature. YouTube yeah. YouTube has a TikTok like feature, there's shorts, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's copycats and even, you know, you probably could do something on Facebook that's very similar as well. I'm surprised they haven't yet. Honestly, it's almost like you could kind of do it with, with your stories, but eh, it's not the same. I think maybe they're 
they're looking at their own demographics and and thinking, well, Facebook is an older platform and its users are older and TikTok's users are a lot younger. It started out as this kind of fun little music dance app thing that you can make funny videos. And now, man, if you do something on TikTok, you can get, you can net some kind of audience to come over, but it's almost like Will they come over and stay though? <laughs> you know, exactly. That's, that's yeah. what you're worried about. It's it's like uh, yeah. they may stay for one episode or they may, you know, just say, I'm going on to the next shiny thing. Yeah. Any podcast content that I've seen on TikTok, again, like again, TikTok is like a phenomenon in itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have something over 15 seconds, it better be good to like right. get the traction yeah. within the first like five seconds or it's uh-huh. gone, especially for podcast content. Oh my and god. Every podcast though that has been successful, like I've seen like thousands of views or hundreds of thousands of views, they always have like text on screen immediately. Like it's like every word is being enunciated. So your eyes are focusing on the words and because you're focusing on the words, you're actually still engaging the user. And it's so aggravating because that's so much editing. Unless you have like a quick one-two with whoever you're talking about on the podcast and it's like a really funny bit. That's like the only thing that I think like a lot of people are going to gain traction unless, again, like I mentioned it's around the time of year or like an artist has dropped a new album. Like let's say The weekend, he somehow drops out another album in January, even though he just put out Dawn FM last year. I bet music podcasts will be talking about that. So it's like mm-hmm. if you talked about an album that's been highly anticipated and then it's like a quick like 10 second clip with like at the end of you talking about your um, like your Planet LP podcast where you can mm-hmm. find it. I bet that's what would get the engagement. But again, I am still trying to understand TikTok and I've been at it for like over a year and it's just... Uh-huh. So aggravating. It's it's a whole whole thing, but yeah. it, it definitely is. Uh, I had uh, it was an old coworker, and she got millions of views on TikTok, and it was about Damn. the fact that she and her friend with their small children were sitting in front of their apartment, and they had like a little kiddie pool. Mm-hmm. They they had a little boombox out, but they weren't playing it loud. They were just playing some music just for the kids and everything. Neighbors called the cops and said. There is loud music and kind of a chaotic activity going on across oh the street with, uh, with a group of people. And the cop showed up and my old coworker started recording it. And the cop says, we have a complaint that there is some kind of party, a real ruckus out here. And and they said, just two 40-year-old women uh, cooling their feet <laughs> by the pool while their kids are playing. God, it's so chaotic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So they said, well, who complained? They said, your neighbor across the street. And when they pointed, the camera followed, and you could see a person closing the drapes. Oh, that's so funny. The shame the person must have had. God. (laughs) That's terrible. And apparently that was the punchline. That was like, that was worth it. It was like, oh no, the cops show up. That sounds like like an episode of like some TV show. It does. It does. That's funny. You talked about Spotify wrapped. And for people who don't use Spotify, every year, Spotify essentially takes all the music that you have listened to throughout the year and they wrap it into this one little video for you. And they tell you how many spins or or streams that you did of a certain song, what your top albums were, how many minutes you listened to this or that. Even podcasts get mentioned in that. And it's maybe like a it's a couple minutes, I would guess. It's done to music and it's kind of fun. You watch, you go, oh, I forgot about that record. Or that's true. I did listen to that a lot. And Spotify is integrated into the Groupie app. Mm-hmm. So are there plans, maybe down the road, to incorporate other streaming services? Like I use a lot of Apple Music. I okay. mean, I have a Spotify account, but it's the free one. 
So I have to endure the the commercials to get my Apple yeah. music. But I pay for the for the Apple one. And then I also have YouTube music because oh, I don't like goodness. watching the commercials on YouTube. So they're they getting you, Ted. Me, they're getting you. <laughs> I know they are. So they they gave me YouTube music essentially as a bonus. So I have three music apps that I use or music streaming apps. So are there plans to to integrate other platforms? I've gotten this question so many times. When John and I were initially developing, so for those who don't know, like uh, we use Spotify's API, which basically it connects all your stats, your listening habits, or whatever you listen to and saved on Spotify into Groupie. That's how Groupie works is it connects your Spotify. And when we were checking Spotify's developer policy, they said that, quote, you couldn't use other streaming services API alongside ours. Oh, okay. So fast forward like a year and a half, we put it out. And then I ended up going to this uh, dev meetup in Louisville. Um, I talked to a couple developers and one guy was like, what do you mean you can't add it? And I was like, well, I, I, I said exactly what I just said to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well. I mean, if they sign in in the beginning, because then sign up process, you have to connect your Spotify. And they're like, well, you have, if you have like Apple Music and then you have Spotify, that's technically two branches. So the streaming APIs aren't actually being used at the same time. And I was like, what? It was like worded enough for us to be worried about integrating right. Apple Music. Right. And then when I heard about that, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe we can, quote unquote, get away with this because, again, if you're using Apple Music, you're only going to be using Apple Music's API, right? which is basically the exact same thing as Spotify. It's just their own stuff. To that note, we already had like a roadmap for the year. And uh, basically what, what's going to happen for that is that we would love to do that. But it, it's going to take a lot of resources because mm-hmm. pretty much we then have to go through all of our apps code and have a secondary version essentially to where like, okay, well, if they're not using Spotify, then they have to use this. So it's like a check, so to speak. And basically that's just gonna have, that's just gonna be a long process. I can see, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not a push button thing. I get exactly. it. Exactly. So it's like, if we were to do that, it would be in time. I don't know, or I don't mm-hmm. want to say like when that would happen, but that's something that's definitely been on our radar. I mean, whether it be like Apple Music or SoundCloud, or whatever, but Spotify is just going to be the, the go-to for now. In a way, once you build it out down the road, you can almost say, which streaming service do you use? And then you give them an option or the options. And then once they check, or I use Apple or Tidal or whatever, Amazon, then your recommendations will be integrated with that streaming service. So is that that's mm-hmm. at least what I'm thinking, what you just, I mean, that's what essentially you said, but yeah. it's um, it's hard to build that out. There's a lot of coding that goes into it and it's not just a, well, yeah, you just, you just tick a box here and everything's fine. Yeah. And man, <laughs> I tell you what, if it was like that, it'd be over. <laughs> like, we have so many more things in the app. Um, but yeah, that's like, like, for instance, like on one post itself, you have the user's profile image, you have the song image, then you have the artist connected to it. Then you have the year. Then you have the link to the song. And then you mm-hmm. have like, it's just like a bunch of things that's all being called from Spotify's API. So it's like, if all of that's coming from Spotify, we have to reword it to match Apple Music's thing. Correct. So it, Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. The app's only available for phones, whether it's an iPhone mm-hmm. or an Android. Are yes. there plans to have a web-based interface? That would be awesome. 
Mm-hmm. I and the same it's the same thing is that one thing that I wanted to do or prioritize is that I wanted Groupie to be available on the go wherever you are. Like one thing that I would also love to do is like let's say if I'm listening to a song on Spotify, I could just mm-hmm. share it right from Spotify rather than going in the app, searching up the song and then posting. That's something that's been on our plate for a while. We actually ran into an issue uh, which is why it hasn't been out, but we hope to have that out too alongside a browser, like a proper like desktop version. Mm-hmm. With the desktop version, uh, I think John would be a better one to answer this. I don't know like the level of coding needed for that. Right, right. Because you uh, did say at the beginning, you're you're the idea yeah. guy. You're, yeah. You're, you know, you're partnered with a guy who does know coding. So yeah, yeah. like yeah. the good thing that for us is that having worked with John many days uh, alongside him, I've been able to actually. Um, like understand a good amount. So I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I I designed the app, like mm-hmm. I can design the UI. And now I'm at a point where I can go into Illustrator, make a design, and I can go jump right into the app and then code out the design myself. Oh, wow. So I don't, yeah, I don't have to ask John for help on that. And that saves us a lot of time. So basically, like if I have a feature idea, I'm like, cool, I'm going to make it, I'm going to put it in the app, and then we can ship it off to someone else and they can just make it work. It saves us like probably 70% of what it would have costed us at this point. The desktop thing, that would take a lot of funds, I would think. It's just a matter of like investors and time needed. Exactly. Well, so. I know that there are a lot of Twitter employees that got the, you know, got the hey, pink clips hey. and, uh, you know, so you, you got a labor pool there, but yeah. you're going to have to get the investors to pay them the kind yeah. of money that they're used to. So. Any, any, any Twitter employees that please hit me up at official <laughs> app at gmail.com. There uh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point though. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a whole process. Um, and we'll get there eventually. It's just a matter of when. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's 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 great to hear. So the app is still in its growing phase, but who's using it? What are your demographics at this point? That's a good question. Um, I, I mentioned earlier is that we aren't tracking our data necessarily. Like we have the data, right? Mm-hmm. We we know we have we have your birthdays. We have to track that specifically because Spotify's like, hey, you have to be at a certain age to even use our app, so we have to match that. I would say it's probably in the early to mid twenties range. Okay. Um, and I say that one is because like we, it's funny. I don't know if you're familiar with Forecastle Music Festival. Um, no, it, I'm not. Okay. It's, it's a music festival in Louisville. Um, this past year in May, I had this idea where I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to promote groupie. I was like, I'm doing something cool. So if you don't know, um, a lot of people who go to music festivals who are super into music festivals, they make totems. And a totem is basically just like a pole and then something funny on top, like whether it be a sign I've seen people literally stick a pineapple on it. Um, and what people use it is one, it's, just a, it's a funny bit. But two, it's a way for people to find their group again. Like let's say if you're at oh, a yeah. show. Yeah, that um, makes sense because there's a lot of folks out there and it's like, where are you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what I was going to do is like, okay, cool. I'm going to make a totem and I'm going to make it funny. So what I did is I made it like really meme-y. Um, and I, it was a, it's a big QR code and it said, scan me. And then the bottom of it was it just said bottom text. And that's just a meme. Like it just like it was like scammy bottom text. So we had over like 400 people scan it and it went right to our app store listing. Oh. Um, and it was funny because I like in between sets, like I was just holding it up. And you know, people get bored. And if you stand there long enough, people are gonna scan it. Yeah. So I just think to that, see what it's about, right? Like, okay. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I, I think that um it, like in just just talking about like sharing music. Um, especially with social media 
like again, I, I grew up with social media. This is really mm-hmm. weird to talk about. It's like I back in high school was when I first got a Twitter um, and an Instagram. When I first got an Instagram, it was eighth grade, and I was like, I don't know what the heck this is. I'm just gonna upload all my music. And for the people who are not my music, I was gonna upload all my photos. Mm-hmm. And for the people who followed me, I was like spamming because I didn't understand that Instagram was like, you know, Instagram. Right. So I think that in terms of like a younger demographic, they're interested probably more than quote unquote, like late thirties, early thirties or something like that, at least in my opinion, but I'm wrong a lot. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm your outlier demo, right? I, I mean, you know, I'm I would in, say that I'm in yeah. my mid fifties, I'm way out there. So yeah, <laughs> I'm an early adopter on technology. I always have been ever since, you know, things started getting interesting with computers mm-hmm. and the internet. I always say I'm an early adopter and I'm also an early quitter sometimes, <laughs> although I haven't quit Twitter yet. So, well, we'll yeah. see one day. You know, it's a 16-year-old company. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the kind of thing I was just curious. I figured it would probably be more geared towards a younger demographic, but mm-hmm. because you're in the startup phase or in the first year phase, you're getting early adopters. So it's smattering. It, it doesn't line up neatly at this point. Yeah. I think you're going to see like, yeah, it's probably in the twenties, but then you might, if you do ever get de- demographic data, you might say, Oh wow. Did we really reach a lot of 40 year olds? Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I like you know, that. One, one thing to add to that is when I was initially figuring out a name, I wanted to think of a name that is generational mm-hmm. and as you were saying, like, you know, you, as you, you've been in radio for years, right? In your right, mid fifties, yeah. uh, you understand that the term groupie has a negative connotation from the sixties <laughs> and seventies, right? And there, there are radio groupies just so you and, know, and believe it or not, there are. Yeah. 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 And so what I wanted to do is that considering that that term isn't really used nowadays, I wanted to turn it into more of a positive light and change it for my generation mm-hmm. or at least try to, because I think that Groupies really are like what they really are is just a diehard fan of whatever it may be. Like it's known to be in the music scene, which is why I thought it was the perfect name. So not only does an older crowd know what a groupie is, I'm trying to branch that into the younger, my generation to understand that we're here for positivity and just the love of music. I think that, like you said, like once we are able to continue uh, growing, that we will see a wide range of users, no matter what the age or demographic they are. All right, Noah, this is a podcast where I like to think this is a place where fellow music obsessives can talk about the kind of music they are passionate about. You are a fan of a genre that's kind of stereotyped, and that's club music. <laughs> but you rec- I, I know it's not that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> but you recommended some albums on the Groupie app in that genre that I really enjoyed, and it made me want to get more recommendations. So in this segment, we're going to talk about your hot five club songs or albums you think people ought to check out. And so we'll start with your number five. Okay. So this was hard because my my whole thing with club music is, is ironically what you said is that a lot of it sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I also work really well with club music. Um, but my number five artist and the song is going to be Chiami and it's T-C-H-A-M-I. Okay. Um, his song, Adu was or adieu adieu like saying goodbye adieu or something oh yeah i do french right he's a french artist uh i i don't know he he might be i'm not okay. sure but um yeah his song adieu is 
probably the first club song that I really got into. It's like six minutes long, but it just has that build. And then when it drops, you're like, oh, this is so good. Really, really uh, get you going in terms of like, like, okay, I got to be productive. It's kind of motivating in a way. That's what it sounds like. It's yeah. It has that yeah, forward, it's- forward motion, if you will. Absolutely. Okay. So that's your number five. And then mm-hmm. we'll go with your number four. What's that one? So my number four is an artist named Zhu, Z-H-U. And I tell you, he, like, all of his music is so good. I, I first saw him in 2019 and it was probably one of my favorite shows I've seen. Like I was so happy, like the entire set. He has a song called Desert Woman on his album Ringo's Desert. And it's it's like very mellow at the same mm-hmm. time. And it's nothing crazy like over the top, but it's it's great. I think it's great. Is it one that you come back to often and just listen to it uh, on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, his honestly, his music, like I kind of just put on shuffle hmm. and I'd, I'd be happy with it. Like the Desert Woman song or that whole album is is kind of mellow. And then in terms of like his newer songs, like he has one song called Came for the Low and it's in your face. This is like going hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like more of like a proper, like late night, I'm in the club, club song. Okay. You know? Okay. So, yeah. And by the way, I'm going to create a playlist based on your recommendations. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> on this, yeah. so and it will be on the Groupie app, but I'll put it. I'll put it on Spotify. Um, so for people saying I want to check this out, yes, you can on Spotify when I complete it. So <laughs> we'll we'll get to your. Let's get your number three now. Let me see. Well, okay, we're going to talk about IO. I think a little bit mm-hmm. later, maybe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over IO, but I would say him. Um, so my actual number three is going to be Boris Brescia. This is an artist that John and I listened to religiously when uh, developing Groupie. And I actually saw him like two months ago here in Chicago. And I was like, this is so insane. Um, but I really like his song, Up Down Jumper. And he has a new song called Knocking Birds. And it's, it's more techno on the side. And it has like a very consistent beat, a very slow buildup. Mm-hmm. But the buildup is like very satisfying when it has a quote unquote drop. But the drop is basically just like extra hi hats, you know. Like it's it's nothing like over the top, but it's it's pretty satisfying. Okay, all right, we're getting closer to your number one. Let's see what's number two. Okay, so number two is actually an artist that John showed me back in high school, and I didn't care for as much then because I was just now starting to get in like the EDM sort of phase, like early electronic, like Glitch Mob or um, Skrillex even, which is more dubstep. But this artist is Swedish House Mafia. You've, you've mentioned somebody. I finally know who yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah. He, and they, it, look, their newest album, Paradise Again, I, it may be my top album of 2022. Okay. I, I love it. I think the song uh, Heaven Takes You Home it was my top song on Spotify rap this year and with good reason. Song of the summer, like anytime I play it, I was like, God, I am happy. I'm having a good day. Uh, let's get it going. So um, I, I could not recommend that song or that album uh, more. Okay. And finally, we get to your top pick of your hot five. Okay. This is just a classic. It's Daft Punk. Okay. I, which Daft, which, which yeah. record? Um, so and that's the thing is that huh. I think Discovery is a perfect record. Okay. I I think like that out of any dance record I've ever listened to, I don't think there's one that can top that. I will say that like one more time is obviously like the top song, and if I ever hear it in the club, I'm gonna go have a good time and dance. Like it's gonna be fantastic. But I think my favorite song on that maybe face to face on their okay. Discovery record. But all right. But I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with like you know around your world or Defunk on their home uh, yeah. album. Right. So yeah. you know. I mean, again, 
I'm not a big fan of the genre because I don't spend time with it, mm-hmm. but I do know Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, if you right. don't know Daft Punk, then right. it's like, come on. <laughs> You've been living in a cave, I suppose. Exactly. So uh, you did talk about IO, and these are two artists that you recommended on the Groupie app that I really liked. One was IO. Unfortunately, no longer alive. He died mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And then Ben Bomer was the second one that you recommended. And both mm-hmm. of them, I spent time with the with the with the albums. I've I've played them probably five or six times. And I really like the IO one, the latest yeah. one. And it's weird because you said, wait a minute, how could he release new music if he died two years ago? So this exactly. is exactly yeah. Maybe give the backstory on that. What, what happened with this? Was this like something he was working on and then it was just it was completed by other people that knew him or were are the musicians or was it completed and then the label just sat on it i'm gonna be honest i'm not really sure because i was as you said like i was pretty surprised Mm -hmm. to see it even released like i was just scrolling through spotify's new releases and i saw the cover i was like oh that's cool and then i saw the artist and i was like what how can that be Uh, yeah and i i think i checked instagram or twitter and they basically said that this is like his legacy record like his family Mm -hmm. was saying that but it was also i guess planned to be his debut record so maybe they took he had a bunch of singles and these are all the singles but if that's the case i mean they picked some of the best singles to put on this record because like the past week i think i think it's only been out for like a week and a half maybe two Mm -hmm. weeks now i've had it on repeat like every day it flows really well it does it does and it's like it's it's i don't know like in the beginning it's like really well done like in the middle it's kind of like slowed down a little bit like Mm -hmm. more like consistent and then it picks back up in like the second half and i'm like this is this is great and his vocalist on there is you said her name is lights or light Mm -hmm. and uh, lights she has a very nice voice very very ethereal very dreamy in a way Mm -hmm. and it works really well with the music that would be my number one out of the two i think ben bomber Mm -hmm. would come in number two but uh also a very very strong album really Mm -hmm. enjoyed that one as well yeah. So keep recommending those, Noah, because oh, you're, reaching, you. you're reaching folks like me, right? You know, try to you're, you're trying to convert folks over to club music. Yeah. You're being the evangelist. I really enjoyed having you on the Planet LP podcast. I wish you the best of luck on the growth of the Groupie app. I'm going to be on it. I have been talking about it on uh, on a couple of episodes now. I even linked to it on our on our Planet LP website. And I guess I'll see you on Groupie, won't I? All right. I guess I will. Thank you again for having me. This has been a lot of fun. You're welcome. If you want to check out this app, you can by searching for the Groupie app titled Groupie. Discover, share, listen. You can also visit the Groupie website, which is at groupieapp.net. Okay. That's a wrap for now. I'll be back soon with another episode right here on Planet LP. Thanks for listening.